you were able to join us last week, you will know that we began a series of Sundays looking at the subject of discipleship. If you weren't able to join us, please feel free to listen to the podcast talk that is available on the church's website. Simply go to www.northstreetchurch.org and select the talks option on the menu at the top of the screen. There you will find all the talks and sermons going back to when Kate spoke on the subject of Equipped to Fight in March last year. However, I would like to summarize part of what we thought about last Sunday by showing a short video that I came across this past Monday. And then when it's finished, I'll just make one more comment. Follow me. Two simple words that changed everything. At least it changed everything for those simple fishermen that day when Jesus called them by name. It was an invitation to leave all and come follow after this rabbi, this teacher of Nazareth. See, it was here on the Sea of Galilee that the very first disciples of Jesus Christ were called, invited to follow in the footsteps and learn the way of this master teacher, Jesus Christ. It was Peter, James, John. They were out doing what fishermen love to do, try to catch some fish. In fact, Jesus called out to them and said, hey guys, cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And when they did, they brought in such a large catch of fish that it says their boats began to sink. So they quickly made their way back here to the seashore. And Jesus said to them, now I'm gonna make you fishers of men. Come follow after me, be my disciples. Now, to be invited to be a disciple of a rabbi was a huge honor. Very few were chosen or selected. And to be a disciple in the Hebrew, that word is Talmud, meant that you would set your life aside to study the life of your rabbi. See, a disciple doesn't just want to know what a rabbi knows. It goes so much deeper than that. A disciple wants to be as the rabbi is. And so he would study his life, his actions, the way he walked and talked and the, the way he lived and the way he prayed and even the way he ate his food so as to emulate and follow and pattern their life after the rabbi teacher. There's an old Jewish proverb that says, may you be covered in your rabbi's dust. Now, that's actually a blessing. It meant that if you were good enough to be chosen to follow after a rabbi, then you would practically be following him from village to village, walking right behind him in his footsteps. And the prayer was that may you walk so closely behind the rabbi that as the dust kicks up from his sandals that it it covers you it was a sign of commitment and passion in following your rabbi that's exactly the kind of commitment and passion that these early disciples had right here on the sea of galilee they left their nets and their boats behind their reputations 
their security, their, their professions, to follow after, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus of Nazareth. See, I think in our Western culture, we don't really understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We use the word Christian as equivalent to disciple. Yet there are many people who call themselves Christians that never study after Jesus. They never study his life and his ways to emulate him, to live the way he lived, to love as he loved, to give and to serve the way he did. See, to be a disciple is so much more than being a follower. When Jesus walked around these hills, around the Galilee, he had thousands that followed after him. Maybe to see his miracles that he performed, to hear his teachings, or maybe to get a free lunch when he broke that bread and the fish that day on the hillside. But then there were the 12, that were the Talmudim, the disciples, the followers that were close to him. Now here's what's beautiful. That's not limited to 12. It's not limited to just a few. Jesus invites you and me to come follow in his footsteps, to walk in his ways, to emulate his life. When Jesus says to us, follow me, let's follow so closely behind that we're covered in the dust of our rabbi. I want just to add uh, one more comment to that. Something else that we looked at last week, and that was when we first commit ourselves to Christ, once we, when we first accept uh, that we need forgiveness of sin and accept Jesus as our savior, then we become a, a, a disciple. But we're an unfinished disciple. We're not perfect. We won't be perfect until we're with Jesus in heaven. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, we find Jesus saying to his disciples, Come after me as disciples, letting me be your guide. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. A guide shows you the way and may point out important features or maybe even life skills that you need to note. When we find ourselves in circumstances that we've never encountered before, we can be apprehensive. We can experience anxiety. We can feel out of our depth, outside our comfort zone. When in this position, it's good to be with someone who's been that way before, who knows the ropes, who can be our guide. Physically, we're only born once. We don't believe in reincarnation. We only have one life and we do our best to live it as best as we can. Jesus said to his disciples, I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full.
until it overflows. He wants to be our guide. What did he say when he saw Simon and Andrew casting their nets into the sea? Follow me. What did he say to Matthew, who was sitting at his tax booth? Follow me. Why? Because Jesus wanted them to hear what he had to say about the nature of the kingdom of heaven and to observe the kingdom of heaven in action. If they did this, then they would be in the position to do the same for others. Indeed, we see this to be the case when Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. He instructs them, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers. Proclaim, speak about the kingdom, and then heal the sick. Reveal the nature of the kingdom. The goal of discipleship is not just to gather knowledge and to see how the teacher lives, but also to copy his behavior. And in Luke chapter 6 and verse 40, Jesus is telling his disciples that a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. And as the disciples did during Jesus' earthly life, we are to follow Jesus, to learn his lessons and become like him. The question is, how do we do this in 2021? When we don't have Jesus physically in front of us to listen to and to watch. But wait a minute, neither did the disciples in Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, towns visited by Barnabas and Paul. What they did have was the personal testimony of Barnabas and Paul. In a sense, maybe we have one up on those early disciples because we have a reliable record in the pages of the four gospels of some of what Jesus taught the 12 and the crowds that gathered around him, and also a record of what he did. That's more than the disciples in Antioch and Iconium had. But in addition, we have the letters of the New Testament in which the apostles spell out some of the teaching that Jesus delivered. And no doubt these letters contain some of the teaching that Paul would have delivered personally in those towns. Furthermore, like the first disciples and the disciples that responded to Paul's preaching, we have the promise of the presence of the Holy Spirit 
Let's look at four things that Jesus said to his disciples that we find in the Gospel of John. Firstly, from verses 15 to 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counsellor, strengthener, a standby, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. And then a little later, I have told you these things while I am still with you. But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, intercessor, the counselor and strengthener and standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And if we turn over a couple of pages into chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus goes on to say to the disciples, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. And finally, he says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. And he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. The Holy Spirit He's going to be with us continually. He comes in Jesus's place to represent him and to act on his behalf. He comes and he offers to us close fellowship. And he will speak to us whatever he hears the Father say. And so with the written word, and the Holy Spirit taken together in partnership, we have all that we need 
to grow as disciples of Jesus. The challenge for us is to embrace this. And as Paul says in his letter to the Colossians, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. Let me close with one further quote. This is from William Forsall, an American minister and author. It is unlikely that we will deepen our relationship with God in a casual or haphazard manner. There will be a time for some intentional commitment and some reorganization in our own lives. But there is nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. There is nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the combination of your written word and your Holy Spirit. We thank you that as we look into your written word, we can hear what the disciples heard. And we can see how you lived out the values of the kingdom. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the Father's promise of the Holy Spirit, who will live with us continually, who will be your representative, who will pass on to you the words of the Father. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have provided for us all that is necessary for us to grow as your disciples. We give you thanks in your precious name. Amen.